This is a podcast from Seven Vineyard. Well, uh, since it's Christmas, I thought that I would uh, just start this morning with something I never do, and they always say never do this, but start with a few jokes uh, from some of my famous, uh, favourite rather, comedians. So Tim Vine, anyone know Tim Vine? Well, I'd like to start with some chimney jokes. I've got a stack of them. Uh, the first one's on the house. Um, crime in multi-storey car parks. That is so wrong on every level. <laughs> Lee Mack, uh, I'm going to donate my body to science and keep my dad happy. He always wanted me to go to medical school. <laughs> this is my favourite, Milton Jones. Uh, my wife, um, it's difficult to say what she does. She sells seashells on the seashore. <laughs> Jimmy Carr, I like, I like going into the body shop and, and shouting out really loud, I've already got one! <laughs> and uh, Ken Dodd, for those of you who can remember Ken Dodd, um, I've got kleptomania, uh, but when it gets bad, I just take something for it. Um, he said, my dad always knew that I was going to be a comedian when I was born, and he looked at the baby and said, is this a joke? <laughs> Harry Hill, uh, my dad used to say that uh, you should fight fire with fire, which is probably why he got thrown out of the fire brigade. And, um, and the good old Tommy Cooper, um, I went to buy some camouflage houses the other day, and I just couldn't find any. And... Uh, my favourite is, police arrested two kids yesterday. One, don't do this at home, one was drinking battery acid, the other was eating fireworks. They charged one and let the other one off. <laughs> Boom. I'm really sorry. If you don't know me, I'm sorry. So, Christmas, Christmas cracker jokes. Right, so um, this morning what I'd really like you to do with me, if you would, is imagine. Imagine a public holiday in honour of the birth of the Lord and Saviour of the world the Prince of Peace, the man who is worshipped as the Son of God. Just imagine a holiday to celebrate that. Imagine a holiday in which people get together as a family to eat and to drink and to give gifts to one another. Imagine a holiday in which people are so thankful they give money to charity and volunteer their time to serve food for the homeless over the holiday period. Imagine a holiday that is the busiest time of the year for retailers where the whole of society slows down to celebrate. Such a holiday was already in existence at the time that Jesus was born. It was an annual Roman festival to celebrate the birth of Caesar Augustus, who had brought peace and prosperity to the whole Roman Empire. Genuinely, such a holiday already existed, albeit with a different name and celebrating a different saviour. So, when the angels appeared to those shepherds on the hillside and proclaimed glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests, I wonder what kind of peace the angels imagined they were talking about. See, the only peace that they knew was Roman peace, or in Latin, Pax Romana. And it was the Roman peace of Caesar Augustus that was imposed by the military, it was imposed with military violence. The saviour, Caesar Augustus, brought peace through coercion and terror. And the Roman armies, uh, well, I mean, war is brutal in any time zone, but the Roman armies were brutal and devastating. They moved throughout Europe, North Africa, and the Middle East, and they conquered city after city. And whilst their principal tactic was to destroy cities, they also enslaved the, the local population and terrorised them and crucified the rebels, literally, by their hundred. 
farmers were thrown off their lands and were replaced by slaves and were brought in uh, by people who, other people were brought in to run the farms, they became slaves even though they previously owned the land and, and, and they had to work for wealthy Roman aristocrats. And, and the Roman army would be, would be basically stationed in the occupied land in order to keep the peace. Now, of course, military rulers throughout human history have tried to impose a form of peace using conquest, violence and terror, or at least the threat of conquest, violence and terror. In 1901, the US President Theodore Roosevelt coined the phrase, speak softly and carry a big stick, to describe his foreign policy. This policy of mediated negotiation was supported by the unspoken threat of a powerful military. In fact, they even had a white fleet of ships, naval ships, that basically sailed around the world to demonstrate what this powerful stick would look like and what would happen if their enemies didn't play ball. Historians suggest it was an effective policy and in 1906, Roosevelt was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Is that the kind of peace that the angels sang about? Is that the peace that the angels promised the shepherds? Is that the kind of peace, the prince of peace, that Isaiah prophesied about in chapter 9, verses 6 and 7? For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. If you listen to Joanna's talk last week, you'll know that Isaiah lived approximately 700 years before Jesus. He himself was living through the middle of a war. Um, the Assyrian army was devastating Israel, and he was a special advisor to the king of Judah. And uh, just like our special advisors to the prime minister now, he was uh, repeatedly proclaiming that God would send a savior that would rescue not just Judah, but Israel as well from their enemies. Now let me ask you a question. If you're living in the midst of a war, perhaps like our grandparents did through the Second World War, what do you want more than anything else? You want peace, don't you? You want peace. And fast forward 700 years, Israel is now occupied by the Roman Empire and Israel is still waiting for God to send them a prince of peace. And so Isaiah's words would have had resonance with their situation. Many people stood up to the Romans, particularly in Judea, we know that. And many people were crucified as a result of doing that. Now the story of the birth of Jesus is, is probably the most famous story in the whole world. right? But think about this. Back when it happened, the only people that knew about it were Mary and Joseph. The people you've seen on this stage. The kings, uh, the wise men from the Far East, the shepherds. Uh, perhaps just the wider family. No one else really knew about it. Not just at the time that it happened, it, but even for years that followed afterwards. We look back on it as though it's the most famous story ever told at the time as well, but very few people would have known. Until Jesus began his public ministry as a rabbi, no one would have identified him as the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy, the Prince of Peace. So, as we look back retrospectively, how did Jesus bring peace did Jesus speak softly and carry a big stick? Is that what he brought? Did Jesus bring peace by threatening violence like Caesar Augustus? Well, in short, no is the answer. Quite the opposite. Jesus was identified as a rebel and ended up himself crucified on a Roman cross. 
some saviour. He can't even save himself from the Romans. People mocked him as he hung on the cross. But three days later, Jesus is resurrected. And so begins this movement of peace in his name that has swept the world for 2,000 years. The Prince of Peace, Jesus. He did not achieve peace by speaking softly and carrying a big stick. In the words of Isaiah 53 verse 5, in the New Living Translation, it says, He was beaten that we might have peace. He was lashed that we were healed. Instead of imposing peace through the threat of violence, or violence itself, Jesus brought peace by absorbing that violence in his own body. And, you know, as parents, we know this instinctively. You know, there's not a a parent that won't understand the value of reminding your children of the consequences of bad decisions. But speaking softly whilst carrying a big stick is tantamount to child abuse. Jesus brought peace through love rather than fear. Jesus is the prince of peace because he is the prince of love. You know, we can have a powerful Uh, a peaceful rather mental state and maybe that is a powerful experience for us we can have a peaceful heart when we know that we are loved unconditionally by God and by other people how many know that how many of us know that when we feel loved unconditionally that we don't have to perform for other people that that the people love us regardless of who we are and what we do how securing how peaceful how peace inducing is that experience The gospel of Jesus is that we are loved unconditionally by God and there is nothing we can do to earn that. We can have peace with other people because we know that we are loved unconditionally by God. We can be in peace. And some of us may be thinking to ourselves right now, there are people in my life with whom I'm not at peace. Well, the gospel of Jesus is is that you can be at peace with those people. You can because God has made peace with us we can have peace with other people. John Lennon and Paul McCartney were right when they wrote that all you need is love. Now, although um, President Ronald Reagan uh, adopted the big stick policy uh, of Roosevelt, these words that he said capture the need to intentionally pursue peace like Jesus did. Because it wasn't easy for Jesus to pursue peace. He had to absorb that pain within himself. He said this, this is Ronald Reagan, we know that peace is the condition under which mankind was meant to flourish, yet peace does not exist of its own will. It depends on us, on our courage to build it, to guard it, and to pass it on to future generations. He was talking on a global geopolitical level, but it's true of our own relationships today. That for us to be in, live in peace with one another is to receive the peace that we have with God and to express that peace to one another in an intentional way. To build it, to guard it, and to pass it on. And that takes courage. This Christmas, well, we will get caught up in the celebration. We will get caught up in the time that we spend together with family, hopefully. Um, but the reality is, is that um, this will pass. May the message of Christmas that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, not pass on with it. May we experience the depth of peace that comes from knowing that we are loved unconditionally by Jesus, that we are valued unconditionally. And may the peace of God fill your heart and my heart, not just at Christmas, but right through the year.